Well, we are back with two and a half whites. Uh, I'm I'm Connor. I'm here with uh, Tyler and Brennan once again. Two very special Hello. guests. Something like that. Um, I'm a specialist. They were gonna finger bang each other, but they decided not to. Do that. No, 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 no! Don't you fucking. No, dig my I, I was, I was. No, you <laughs> there's, all, there's a lot of gun, context brother. here. No, no I was gonna stop. finger gun you. Ah, uh, finger That's banging. Different. No, I don't want to be finger banged by either of you. Why not? Why don't you want to be finger banged by us? Because you guys, your fingers are too big. I'm oh. gonna be honest. Oh. Yeah, but they're strong. I don't know. Doesn't matter if they're strong. They're strong oh. and they're pretty. They're pretty long fingers. That I makes can it reach better. parts of you that have never been reached before. Exactly. You don't know. You don't know what I do on my spare time. Well, clearly, if you're worried well, about our fingers, you should being elaborate big. on that. <laughs> I, you know, what? I'm not gonna elaborate on that. <laughs> I feel like you what, should. Do you got a dainty butthole or something? You cannot talk about my butthole and how dainty <laughs> it is, whether it is or isn't. Is that a sensitive area for you? I am uncomfortable talking about it. Just <laughs> so no one's ever stuck a finger up your butt? No comment. Have you stuck your own finger up your butt? <laughs> also no comment. Were you constipated and decided to give it a little bit of help? <laughs> tried, to, tried to pull it all out. Yeah, I, I can with confidence say I haven't done that one. Okay. Well, that's nice. I'm glad you haven't well, done that. Well, that's good. Yeah, because that's <laughs> to be disgusting. Honest, I'm kind of glad to know that. <laughs> Have you um, ever... Um, there's these things you can get. Uh, it's it's for like... What do they call it? It's a po- it's like a power flosser, but th- like it uses water. And it like shoots like a jet of water and you can use it to like yeah, power wash the, right? the middle yeah, of your teeth. It's supposed have to be ever, better for you. But... Have you ever, yeah, apparently. Have you ever used one of those, you know, up there? Like, bidet it with a super... <laughs> with a super think... soaker. <laughs> with a super soaker. <laughs> I don't think, uh, I, don't think I, I ever have or ever will. I think that's going to... No. You never butt-chugged a... a bottle of mouthwash to keep her minty? Okay, wait, wait. Hear me out. Speaking of butt-chugging, I... This wasn't recent. This was a couple of years ago. But I was over the age of 18 because I ran into an old math teacher I had. I'm not going to say his name, but I ran into an old math teacher at the LC. We'll call him Harold. We'll call him Harold. Sure. <laughs> so I, I run into Harold. I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, how have you been? And he's like, oh, I'm good. Whatever, whatever. And then we go a separate ways. And then he comes back to me probably 10 minutes later. I'm still browsing, right? And uh, he hands me a bottle. And I look at him like, all right, whatever. And then he goes, this bottle is the best thing to butt chug. <laughs> <laughs> like, this was an old math teacher of mine who like <laughs> fucking hated me. So Jeez. I didn't know whether to take his word for it or if he was trying to sabotage my day. He was but... probably trying to fuck with you, to be honest with you. He was like, yeah, like this man. little fucking shit. I remember him. He I remember Tyler. <laughs> Let's he see if this idiot can fucking butt chug something. But I went, that's, that's nice. And I handed it back to him. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> God dang. I don't know. What was yeah. it? What did he tell you? To what was chug? it? It was a, it was a vodka of some form. I forget exactly what the bottle was, but it was vodka. Yeah. I wouldn't and stick I that feel, in my I feel, like, I feel like vodka would be one of the worst things to put up your butt. Rubbing alcohol. I feel like, I feel yeah. like butt chugging Jaeger wouldn't be too bad. 
Like, uh, like Jägermeister? Yeah. It's kind of herbal, so I feel like it might leave you a little, yeah. like, minty fresh. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but, like, just, just from my experiences of, like, trying Jägermeister, it, it is uh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but, it, like, it doesn't burn. No, it doesn't. No burn. You guys, like, you guys need to come to my dad's house and party because my dad is so very proud of his Jäger machine. My his dad had Jäger bought... Jäger machine. He bought a, a, a Jäger machine. He bought... It's, does it just dispense Jäger or does it... it holds three full mickeys upside down on the machine and it it brings it to negative two degrees celsius and it dispenses it it's he bought it off some bar that was going under he got it for like a hundred and something bucks and he is so very proud of it there was a party for his birthday him and my brother their birthdays are pretty close together so they celebrated at the same time yeah and my dad had this it was the day party was for my little brother and then at night there was a big bonfire and then all the adults came over and hung out with my dad right i was there my girlfriend was there and we were we were inside at at one point of the night and my dad is inside hammered (laughs) with standing next to the jaeger machine and he goes you need a shot and it was always it was always the guys would say yes, and the girls would say no. I don't want a shot. And he goes, "If you don't want to take a shot, this was the girl." He goes, "If you don't want to take a shot, you got to show me your tits." <laughs> so okay. they ended up taking a shot. Wow. <laughs> my, dad's, my dad's an interesting guy. Does that go on about stories about my father? Imagine butt chugging negative two Jaeger. It'd be cold, yo. That's like yeah. below freezing time. Yeah, that would be cold as fuck, actually. It is. <clears throat> it would be. Would, it would, uh, I don't think that would be very pleasant. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. It'll uh, it'll tighten up the pores down there, if there are pores, the pores. in your, in your yeah. sphincter. It'll do a little more than tighten the pores, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I feel like butt-chugging anything isn't a good idea. That's how you get... Um, it's it's hella not. <laughs> flaming that's, asshole. That's not true. That's not true. There is a way that if you're in a situation where you need water, but all you can find is it's fresh water. As long as it's fresh water, but it's not clean, you can give yourself, what is it, an enema? Oh, yeah. Because your your colon and all that absorbs water. So if you're you're like dying of thirst and you find fresh water, but it's dirty, (coughs) as long as it's not salt water, right? You can do that and it'll, it'll, it'll prevent you from throwing up. It'll so, you prevent... so you don't get dehydrated <laughs> by throwing up. Yeah, it, it would protect you from throwing up, but you might get an infection. Like, no, not might. You would. Yeah. <laughs> hella get an infection, and then at that point, like, let's say this is a technique, like, like this is a technique for like if you're stranded somewhere or lost in the woods. You That's not a good thing either. No, it isn't. <laughs> you're both. Here's the thing. I know it's super like televised and like it's very like some of it's pretty stable. But supposedly you can do this according whether it's true or not to the Bear Grylls guy. Because mm. he did it because on a there was it was bird poop was in the in the water. So what he had mm. done was he gave himself an enema. I'm gonna have to come out Is and Bear say Grylls that that's... the same guy who. Who who drank his own pee? Was yes, yes, that is the same guy. Yeah, don't listen to him. You're li- you're thinking of either Les Stroud, 
who's another one of those survival I, guys. Or I Bear can't Grylls. remember. I can't remember what. I think it was Bear Grylls. I could be wrong. Bear Grylls but... is is a little more <laughs> more well known than Les Stroud, but Les Stroud is is more because Bear Grylls would do it with his with his crew. He'd go with a camera crew. Mm-hmm. Les Stroud was very much. He would get dumped somewhere, and all he had was camera equipment for himself to handle, and mm-hmm. his whatever. Yeah, he had no, I, his... I I uh, I remember that. I remember him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But. I think it was Bear Grylls who did it. Uh, if if I am correct, and he was the one who did it, don't do that. <laughs> don't drink your own pee. Yeah. You will. Uh, you'll actually. Well, if... uh, you'll fuck over your chances of survival in comparison to uh, just not drinking your own pee. <laughs> Depending though, because there's circumstances where you can. If you can boil it, then it's better. But there was a. He showed a way where he found a garbage bag. And what he had done is he had placed moss and stuff in a hole that he dug in the sand, placed a garbage bag over top. This was in a really hot area. And he peed onto the moss. So he made his own form of rain. And he had like a runoff of the the evaporated water into a cup. You could do it that way. What's the point of the moths? What do you mean uh, moss? Yeah, moss to absorb the water. Yeah, I don't know. You can really fuck up like... When it comes to drinking water, like in survival situations like that, you can really fuck up your day, because uh, oh, big, big, yeah, like if you don't, if you drink dirty water, you can have like weird fucking side effects, like hallucinations, not being able to sleep, hurting when it pisses, pissing all the time, diarrhea, vomiting, like it's it's bad. So I wouldn't, oh. I wouldn't even take chances of drinking my own piss. I would just boil water, any kind of water to have. Oh, I'd just boil the shit out of it. Yeah, if you can boil it, that's the best thing to do. <coughs> yeah. But if it's salt water, you have to boil it into a steamer. Like you have to, you have to run it off into something, or else it's well, still going to. You also got to think about this None too: is the pee that they're drinking. Like when you drink a lot of water, your urine runs clean, right? Yeah, it's mostly then, water. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you're sweating too. So if you're drinking mm-hmm. the piss and you're sweating everything out over and over, that's just going to be toxins that your body's releasing. From the, well, that's, from the urine. Kind of. That's well. That's the thing, actually, because that that's why they say not to do it. Because mm-hmm. if you're in that sort of situation, especially if you're somewhere hot, um, because you're sweating and you're losing water already, drinking your own piss and making yourself even sicker. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of fucks your day as well. Also, don't drink cactus juice. Uh, why? That, oh. Some is not good for you, but there is some that you can. Yeah, but at that point, uh, at that point, um, like unless you know for sure, yeah. They they say a good rule of thumb is if it's like milky, like if the sap that comes out of it is milky (laughs) or like milk white, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's... because I think I think cactus juice also can make you uh, it can make you pretty sick. Yeah, hallucinating, or, or fucking just, just die. There's some that are pretty poisonous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I knew about the hallucinating hallucinations thing because sometimes like native tribes would take that shit to go on some yeah, crazy no, trips and stuff. Yeah, yeah the, the year walks or whatever. And if uh, any of you guys watch like Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, I haven't in a long time. <laughs> the scene I always go back to when I think of drinking cactus is um, there's a scene where uh, there's a character named Sokka, and they're mm. they're the same thing. They're stuck in the desert, and he finds a cactus, 
And he goes, I'm going to drink this cactus juice. It's the quenchiest. Mm. And he just fucking hallucinates his balls <laughs> off and gets stuck in a hole. I think I remember that one. <laughs> oh, it's fucking, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Is that, is, that, is that show still on Netflix? It used to be. I think they might have taken it off. I, I could be wrong, though. I could be wrong. Did they I take it off soon after they released Legend of Korra? Because I remember that came out, and I think they might have taken it. Maybe, but at the same time, I don't I think would. Legend of Korra is on there anymore. Really? Because Legend, Legend of Korra didn't do very well. No, it um, wasn't very initially, good. Initially, actually, which was weird, because initially it didn't do very well, and it got canceled. Yeah. And then someone else picked it up, and they just and released the rest of the episodes online. Hmm. Huh. I never, I tried to, I think I got four or five episodes into that one and I really didn't like it. Like, I don't know what it was, but I just didn't, didn't get the same connection I did from The Last Airbender. Well, uh, I, I, it's because, uh, like the, the Last Airbender, there, there's four, was it, there's four books or six books or whatever? Four. Or, or five. Yeah, four, five. And yeah. like they're split into chapters, but each chapter continues from the other one. So it's like mm-hmm. one continuous arc where yeah. Legend of Korra, once the chapter's done, that arc of the show is finished. <laughs> and then like yeah. when the next chapter comes, it's a whole new problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it it, it it wasn't the same, which I believe is why people didn't like it. But actually, apparently, <clears throat> um, and like I could be wrong, like this could just be fans who are just loyal to all fuck and will say anything's good but apparently like the the ones they released um straight onto the internet like the later ones the the stories got way better really yeah and apparently they actually continued the story through comics as well so apparently there's still an ongoing story going on i remember there was comics i do i do remember that Mm -hmm. yeah because i follow the uh i follow the the last airbender um reddit page and that's all they post is like fucking legend of Korra shit now and uh all like the comics and stuff interesting yeah <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a something yeah i'm super out of it with reddit you have no idea i tried to jump on reddit the other day and i was so lost i think i've been on reddit a total of four times like because we were even talking about stuff and then I was like, I just told this straight up. I'm like, I can't do Reddit. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get the appeal. I don't Reddit's know what, a I don't really know good place to it, get information, actually. It's like, hella fucking convenient. Yeah. I, I think it's just I don't know how to use it yet. I think I've never really sat down well, to try and figure it out. But Well, what were you trying to do? <laughs> well, I was trying to look for... Because we were talking about logo stuff. So I was trying to look mm-hmm. for logo stuff on Reddit. But I didn't know. So I ended up just going somewhere else. Okay, were you looking for like was that because we we were um so just for for context, we were talking off podcast about um coming up with a logo, the like, yeah, an official logo for our stuff, and one of the one of the topics of discussion was maybe outsourcing it to someone else to see what they can come up with, um, but. Onto that, uh, were you looking for somewhat like outsourcing on Reddit or just ideas for the logo? Mostly just ideas. 
I was looking to see what other people had made for similar, like similar projects, right? Yeah. Um, the way the way it works, the way I find uh, pages like that, instead of going straight to what uh, Reddit, if I'm looking for something very specific, what I'll type in often will be like, um, artist logo ideas. Okay. And then I'll put Reddit at the end <laughs> and then go to a oh, Reddit so it page. A, a big... Yeah. And like okay. the very, very top result I get right now just doing that is logo design or r slash logo designs. Yeah. I ended up on that <laughs> uh, that forum, that r slash Reddit design. I was on that. Mm-hmm. I was on a couple of different ones. I was on r slash logo <laughs> and r slash local designs and designers and all kinds of stuff. I just mm-hmm. couldn't figure it out. I'll have to really yeah. sit down and... <laughs> figure out what to do yeah if you're looking yeah if you're looking for something specific don't go straight to reddit because that's kind of be the hardest place to try to find something that's fair. um just just like yeah just like google do it for you yeah, and let it I'm source sure. up everything else because yeah you get r slash logo designs r slash entrepreneur what is the best place to find a logo designer uh, r slash starving artist <laughs> there's a whole bunch of ones starving artists <laughs> yeah, like it's uh, like yeah, it's uh, I believe I posted it or I believe I sent the link to you guys, um, earlier this week. Um, right. but yeah, our slash starving artist is a Reddit page of, or it's like a cl- like a group of artists mm-hmm. who um, yeah, literally it's just a group of artists who like they post up um their portfolios and stuff like that and you can like just click on any one of them go to the user and be like yo uh i want you to make a design for me and then yeah they fucking they help you out yeah they'll help you out through whatever is it hungry artist (laughs) maybe it's hungry artist he sent us hungry artist oh maybe that's what it is maybe it's hungry artist starving artist is fucking cooler than i will say (laughs) Well, there's probably an r slash starving artist. There's, there is. There's an r slash starving artist. Uh, yeah, this, starving this artist hungry artist is all like, uh, we'll paint this uh, for hire or hiring. So like, hiring, I need someone to paint me and my boyfriend or something. And then there's stuff yeah. where it's like for hire, digital character sketches or renders, shit like that. Yeah, I see it's a... those all the time on Fiverr. Those uh, those I'll draw you in this this format. Yeah, you always, you yeah, like that. On Fiverr, it's like I'll draw your you as a king. It's like, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. It's amazing. It's amazing that people get money for that. Like how they can they can go on what? websites like that and just and promote themselves in that form. It's actually funny when it comes to the names because artists don't make any fucking money. Unless you're like a really big time artist, you well, live think, yeah. a pretty art is, minimal life. Art is kind of interesting like that because art, when you're alive, art is whatever. It's like, meh, okay, whatever. It's, it's sure it could be worth something. But when you die, that's when your art becomes worth, like worth something. Which is super weird to me. That just, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I've don't always know. had an end. Oh, there you go. Go. <laughs> oh, fuck off. We need to stop doing this. Go. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's a fact that, like, it's not really the fact that it's the art. 
it's more so the history around the art, which yeah. is often why it's famous for the maybe for the most part. I mean, obviously it has something to do with the art because you know you don't mm-hmm. just get Joe sure. Schmo <laughs> painting a an ancient labradoodle, and then people gather around that and go, "Whoa!" It's it's usually the guys who like Da Vinci or uh, Dante, the guy who drew uh, uh, Dante's Inferno and stuff like that, <laughs> or yeah. painted Dante's Inferno, where it's like, they're really fucking good artists. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I think it's mostly to do with the history behind the stuff like that. It's funny you say that, though, because there was a guy, it wasn't here, it was in the States somewhere, where he went to an art exhibit, took his glasses off, put them down on the floor and then started scratching his chin like he was pondering something and massed a group of like 30 to 40 people all trying to figure out what these glasses mean. It's like art is such a topic these days. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. That was was an improv art um, exhibit. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's another one like that too, which is literally just it's it's a room like someone built a room yeah <laughs> or like a kitchen and then covered it in solo cups <laughs> mm. and people yeah there's a bunch of fucking people crowd around it taking pictures and stuff like that and uh uh it's actually kind of funny because uh the artist got mad because the janitor rolled up at some point and just started fucking cleaning. <laughs> and he started throwing out all the guys' solo cups and shit like that. That's funny. Thinking it was just a bunch of people being fucking messy. Yeah. Uh, I think they call that like otter was... mark. What? Go ahead. You do your thing. Oh my fuck. <laughs> Go ahead. Fuck you. I already messed it up no, and said modern fuck you there was a guy <laughs> who was he was stabbed in an art exhibit <laughs> i forget exactly where and people stood around him and took pictures of this guy dying because they thought it was a part of the sh- the art and like 100 percent honest like this actually happened some the things that happen in art exhibits is wild like i don't understand art is such a weird a weird topic to me it just doesn't make any sense well, like yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking get it. It's they call that modern art. Is that yeah, or right? something, whatever? It's like because mm-hmm. like art has been art is one of those things where it's like it's a, a creative endeavor, and people that yeah. are super creative have a hard time of making money off things that are creative. So yeah. everyone that is like creative in that sense just starts making art. So then the market gets kind of flooded. And so then that's why there's so many like artists that don't make a lot of money because there is a lot of art out there, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. like trying to find good art. Like I know that there's certain ways to paint things and how they align things on the page and fancy shit like that, that apparently like the great artists are really good at, but also like yeah. stimulating the mind. Whereas now people will paint like a sunset and be like, this is the horizon of my life. And it's like, okay, it's just a well, sunset. It's not, Calm down. Well, it's, not even, it's not even that. There are people who will draw on a huge, like, fucking 20 by 20 white canvas. They will draw a single black line from corner to corner. And they'll go, and they'll tell this huge backstory of what it means and why it means this and bullshit this and bullshit that. And they get paid thousands of dollars for it. Like, it doesn't make fucking, it doesn't make any sense. There's there's this, there's this lady. No, it might be a dude. I don't remember exactly. But what he does, or this person, what they do is they eat a bunch of food and then throw up onto a canvas. Ew. 
Oh, I, I know. That's, these. that's I know. you know, yeah, yeah, and that's their art. Like it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. To me. <laughs> Speaking of this, I, 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 there's a story because actually it's kind of funny that we we went on to this topic just for the fact that I I, I listened to um to a thing about about like different artists throughout the era and stuff like that. And one of the one of the things they brought over was was something similar to this. <laughs> it was a guy who painted a big ass canvas yeah. just straight blue. <laughs> like completely blue. No no dots, no nothing, just one tone of blue. <laughs> and the thing is, the reason why his painting is famous is not because like cuz like it's kind of funny cuz people look at it and they go, it's like, "Oh, I could do that." The dude, I, I could be wrong. I, I, the the dude spent what I believe was a month mixing the perfect shade of blue. What? <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. apparently the blue, apparently that shade of blue that they painted is as blue as you can get <laughs> without branching off into like sky or like navy blue. Hmm. And apparently it's so blue that it'll never fade. Like it'll just be that color forever. It's something that's something bullshit. Like that. that has to fade. Yeah. I call bullshit. I don't think that that that's, I think that I feel like a that's a story that he made up. So yeah, that itself blue canvas that he spent two minutes painting. Okay, he took a big wall of paint roller and rolled one way. And then down again, and that was it. That's all he did. Blue canvas painting? Uh, uh, I think I found it. It's funny, though, because you can print that. You could probably print the exact same blue if you know the uh, the actual... What is it? The, the, I can't remember the name of it. But Like, like the, the painting color, code? Yeah, the color The color ID. code? Yeah, the color code. That's it. If you know the color ID, you can find <laughs> that blue, that exact blue. I I wish I could I wish I wish I could find it because I know oh did I just find it it no, was painted in nine I I think I found it give me a sec wait is give it me a sec. Uh, no I'll send it it to you was guys. is it this one I just I just want a Google image is it this guy this one seems to be the one that pops up the most uh let me see here I believe it might be it's it's made by artist. Yves, I'm going to butcher this, Yves Klein, Y-V-E-S, uh, in 1959. Oh, wow. Okay. It's called IKB-79. Oh, I think that's the color code. Um, IKB-79 was one of nearly 200 blue monochrome paintings Yves Klein made during his short life. He began making monochromes in 1947 considering them to be the way of rejecting the idea of representation in painting and therefore of attaining creative freedom. Yeah, uh, painting so stupid. Art is stupid. <laughs> Dude, there's seen the thing. I watched a documentary. Uh, it was called Crumb. It was about uh, this guy that was in the underground comic book scene. And he had like an art gallery, and it was just so stupid. He just made a bunch of paintings of naked women, and then did like a showcase or whatever. And people would show up and be like, 
oh, this is the female body of what it's truly supposed to be. And I'm like, dude, this guy just made a bunch of fucking nude women paintings to get laid. Fuck off. This isn't, <laughs> this doesn't mean anything. Like, no, 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 he wasn't doing it to get laid. He was doing it because he's not getting laid. Because he's he not getting laid. Like, that's true. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. No, I but thought that's fucked. Dude, artists, I don't know. I think some art's good. Art is such a weird some, topic. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, there's shit that I would get, like, in painting form. But it's like of historical moments. Like I wouldn't get, like uh, I wouldn't get someone to actually paint me something. I would just get like yeah. historical moments in a painting or on like a hardboard or something, or like famous people on like hardboard mm-hmm. shit to put on my wall. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't understand art, man. It's I think sometimes it can be like a little bit of a stretch. Like I was also listening to another podcast where a guy was talking about art, and he said that. He had a friend that went around the world and would take pictures and then yeah. make that picture like he would paint that picture. And the whole point yeah. of the guy's art was to show that wherever you're standing, take a second to t- to look around because it matters, which is okay. a really nice message and everything. But he would do yeah. stuff like take a picture of a urinal, of him standing at a <laughs> urinal and then paint it. I'm like... Uh. Is that how we, like, how do you get to that conclusion when the painting is just of somebody at a urinal, you know? It's, here's the question. Is it his view of the urinal where he's got dick in hand peeing, or is it somebody painting his back? Because, I mean, there's one picture I'm going to pay for, and there's one I'm not. <laughs> I think it's of his back at a urinal, but I don't know. So oh, probably I don't know. I don't, know. I don't want know. that in my house. Yeah, I don't want that in my house. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to risk the biscuit and just type this in and hopefully I don't get something I don't want. Standing uh, <laughs> at meanwhile, a But it's funny because like there's a lot of art that we don't even think of, right? Like there's art every day that like fuck any video game we play is all a form of art. Which like that I'm happy to pay for. I'm happy to pay for video games because I enjoy it. I enjoy sitting down and fucking wasting my life away playing video games. I have a good time. Will I ever go to, in Winnipeg here, we have the WAG, the Winnipeg Art Museum. Will I ever go there and enjoy myself? No, probably not. I'd rather <laughs> chew my foot off. Like this, I'd Let's just be real. Go there to get laid. Um, I mean, if I was hanging, if I was trying to get it with some hipster chick. Hell it'd, yeah. It'd have to be some hipster chick or else there's no there. way. Or some liberal lady. I would definitely go there, but I wouldn't <laughs> go there in my spare time. Fuck <laughs> no. that. Guaranteed, so, yeah, like, though, like, some of that art is just made by fucking hipsters in the hipster end of our town, or our city, <laughs> that yeah. decided to, they got lucky and were able to sell it to them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's like our exchange district. Like, is it, well, at least it's called the exchange district. It's just a bunch of fucking art snobs who think they're good at something, and coffee shop owners who all live in one central area <laughs> just to jerk each other off. Like, that's, that's what funny. it is. They're just a... It's a self-sustaining like, ecosystem. It like, really is. Yeah, they have coffee and art. That's all they fucking need. At university, there's like levels. So it's like you got your physics majors, you know, science. Yeah. Like So it's science and arts. And then there's like, I forget what they call like art art. But like a Bachelor of Arts is like fine arts. So that's like social studies and shit. So it's like yeah. people in the science. And there it's like physics chemistry all the things in between then like biology and like maybe like like the nursing stuff or whatever right and then in like the 
uh, art side of it, it's like psychology, then like philosophy, you know, because those are like the most, and then like maybe sociology and then like history and like it has like a hierarchy, but everyone can yeah. agree that if you're going to school to get an art degree, like actually painting, <laughs> it's just fucking useless and you're the bottom well, of the barrel at the fucking university the too. <laughs> that's the thing with anywhere it's like you're always you're always joking at people it's like oh you have an arts degree it's like oh where'd you get that kindergarten everybody everybody has a fucking arts degree well it's it's funny good for anything yeah i I know i uh i've met some people too where they they, they've i was talking to them and you know that that talk at our age like we're 20 right now the talk our age are like oh what are you doing it's like i'm going to school it's like oh what are you going to school for and her reply was i'm going to school to get an arts degree just to say i have a degree then i'm gonna go find a government job that's fucking retarded <laughs> which makes zero fucking dumb. sense it's so dumb it's um, like what government job on. i mean okay. i could be wrong but no i'm gonna have to interject here uh, she was she talking about a fine arts or like a bachelor of arts? Uh, what so is a fine arts? Like a fine art arts. is like art art. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I need to look it's this like, up. What art art? art as that's a great. That, like that's painting a great art. Like painting or... art. <clears throat> so what would be under the umbrella of just regular arts? Okay, so yeah, fine. A Bachelor of Fine Arts, a BFA, is a standard undergraduate degree for students in the United States and Canada seeking a professional education in visual or performing arts. I was right. Fine arts <laughs> is painting, that kind of shit. Arts is like uh, Bachelor of Arts. Yeah, the liberal arts, that's the difference. My bad. The, so, okay, so liberal arts is like dancing and painting and no, 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 no. Fine arts is dancing and painting and shit. Liberal arts is like social studies and shit. Okay, yeah. I have a buddy a, uh, that we can arts. might be able to bring on who's going for a fine arts degree as well. Oof, damn. Do you really want to bring him on? Because I feel like we'll just make fun of him. I He's a really good dude. I don't know. Okay, so was she? <laughs> was it a fine arts degree that she was going to get? Yeah, she was doing like theater. Okay, she's fucked. No one in the yeah, government's gonna hire theater. for that. In where at the oh. at the U of W, probably. Uh, I could be wrong. I I have no idea, dude. To be honest, like, after after she said that, I kind of zoned out. If she was if she was getting a bachelor of arts, like the liberal arts, I could understand that because lots of people do that actually. <laughs> But yeah. not <laughs> fucking art, like fine arts. That's retarded. Yeah, well, no liberal shit arts like theater or some shit. shit. If you're going for liberal arts, like there's there's things you can branch off from that. If you're going to get a degree in being a dancer, like there's there's not a whole lot you can branch off from that, right? Like if you're going for theater or whatever, like there's not a whole lot to do after that. <laughs> Yeah. Like unless you're gonna unless you're gonna move and, and become like an actual actor. But the slim like well, it's a slim chance, right? Oh yeah, that's the thing. Uh well that's the thing. Uh dancing, theater, uh even even getting like a degree in music. <laughs> like there's it's not hard. a whole like, lot after a whole lot that. You, can do. you either you either go into teaching it or you go into like 
symphony stuff if you can get in if you're good enough to get in yeah exactly. um same thing with like uh dancing you usually end up teaching it or you you know you go into some sort of theater show business but with that i don't know there was there was but a thing that's... a teacher told me that was like a really hard truth thing that he said and it's like it doesn't matter what you're good at there's going to be someone a year younger than you twice as good yeah and they're going to succeed just much better than you because they are younger and they're better and that's just that's just the hard truth of it like if you're going in to become a teacher there's going to be a kid two years younger than you who's going to be a better teacher than you and like that's just, it is shitty like it sucks that that's how it is but you have to become the best of the best to get those kind of jobs in that field at least like if you're doing like a music degree right like if you're trying to become yeah. a symphony whatever well i think that's kind of what it is for everything though you you time. want to be the best of the best at regardless of what you do. Yeah. I mean, even if you're, even if you're doing a trade or anything like that, I mean, you yeah, you could be, you could other. be a fucking mediocre construction worker or like a mediocre, um, fucking mechanic, but that's only going to take you so far. It's like, yeah, yeah, you will get customers, but you won't get customers like the guy who's constantly trying to learn the yeah. thing is, when it comes to education, like getting degrees and stuff, it's actually just having a tag, pretty much. Like you oh, just exactly. get the tag that, oh, I, I have an education. I have a degree. Yeah. And then people will hire you just just for that fact. You could, That's the thing I have an issue with education. There's people that go for their doctorates. doesn't mean they're smart. Mm-hmm. A lot. Some of them are dumb as shit. They're just good in school, and they got it in... <laughs> Whatever degree they got their doctorate in gender studies, they could be dumb as shit or doctorate yeah. of history and they're dumb as shit, but they have the label <laughs> of doctor. Gender studies bullshit. Well, fuck, well, even my like, degree actually, is like useless as shit, really. It's a history degree. I, I, it's super limited to what I can do, but I could also go yeah. somewhere and say, like, I have my university degree, I could teach English, or I could, mm-hmm. like, I could find a job in like china or something teaching english something cool yeah. like that like it also you could always be like ross from friends doesn't he have a history degree yeah i think he does no he has an archaeology degree an archaeology my bad my bad actually i can do the same thing i can become like a historian or a conservator or like a museum curator really boring Yo, jobs like that. like that but i mean i'd have shit fun like that, that though would be pretty tight though to be yeah, honest with you i would agree. i mean it might it might get old though after a while but like for the initial however long like that'd be tight just fucking telling people about like these old historic moments and stuff like that well like the other thing cool too is like if you became like a historian that'd be really cool because then like i could be like in like a documentary and be like yes we discovered un un before uh, never seen archives of the nazi war machine (laughs) yeah be like that fucking weirdo you know I think or my I favorite thing ever. My favorite thing ever. Sorry to jump in no, randomly. No. My favorite thing ever about uh, about Canadian history <laughs> is that we once walked in a circle to confuse the Americans. That's that's. that's Where did really you hear we this? Did. We burnt oh, the White House down. Uh, we, it was one of the times that we didn't it, have enough soldiers yeah. to make it look like. So we walked in a big circle to well, make it look like we had a bunch of people. <laughs> Well, the thing the thing was, if I if I remember this story correctly, someone it was a scout or someone, it was at one of our forts, and a scout informed us or a defector or something informed us yeah. of a 
ambush. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we ended up doing was <clears throat> because we didn't have enough people there to fend off an ambush, they got people, uh, they got a bunch of the people that they had to patrol around the fort and make it look like we had a lot more people than we actually did inside the fort. Just a shit ton of patrols. <laughs> to, yeah. to hold them off till reinforcements came. <laughs> <laughs> or some shit like that. It was and fucking crazy. Like, <clears throat> I wonder, on. I've never had, I've never had an American textbook. So I wonder if they teach that in the, the school, in the schools don't, of America. Don't that, know that if they Canada teach had us. come in and burnt the White House down. Uh, I know. Once, but uh, twice. I know. I missed the first half of my, because uh, the class was full, it was in two different segments. So my United States yeah. history class is after 1877. So I wouldn't have got to that because I was in 1812. But I know in okay. the Canada one, they talked about it, but they didn't talk about any founding thing. A lot of time they don't go mm-hmm. into like the super niche stuff like that. This, yeah, the super niche is just a very in general. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, we went and burned down yeah. the White House. Yeah, there's some there's some, really, <laughs> there's some really there's some really interesting shit. like little tidbits of of uh history. random yeah. history yeah like um <clears throat> there was one guy during world war ii <clears throat> he was they, they were out like he was um he was a communications guy so like they had to like lay the cables yeah. and um to, to communicate from the front line to the wherever they were communicating too. <clears throat> and what ended up happening is one of the cables frayed. And I believe at that point where they were, the, um, <clears throat> they're in a little farmhouse and the German, the Germans came in to <clears throat> do some sort of inspection to make sure like no one was here. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy, the guy, what the guy ended up doing was finding a bunch of old clothes <clears throat> Mm-hmm. for a farmer and he threw him on and pretended to go out and hoe the land and like low-key <laughs> fix the cable and then he fucking strolled back like strolled back in and was like nope it's just uh that's just awesome. those simple farmers that's I, was like, that's... Awesome. <laughs> I was like that's 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 the coolest shit ever well there's lots of cool shit like um it's funny because i also have a course on history of communism and of course we talked about the second world war and mm-hmm. pretty much all she said was that the reason why the Germans were able to advance so far into Russia was because at that time their production was a lot better than the Germans or the Russians. And then the Russians moved physically all their factories uh, would have been east further into the country. So they were still able, still able to produce. But she didn't mm-hmm. like and then she just also said that the because the Russian their gear was like garbage. Some of their rifles would stop working after 12 weeks or something or was it six weeks, something <laughs> like that. They would just start yeah, to fall apart. Crazy. Like, and it was, yeah. she like she didn't go into any details about that stuff, but like I wanted to put my hand up and be like, yeah, because I have all these stupid facts about like the Russian <laughs> tanks. Because it's funny because what it, essentially what happened is at the start of the war, the plating on the front of the tanks were uh, pretty like vertical, and mm-hmm. what they ended up finding out is that the German shells from their tanks were just piercing through the armor like nobody's business but they didn't have the resources to thicken the armor so they mm-hmm. tilted it even more at an angle so when it would it hit it bounce off. it would bounce off but also like if you think about it when you tilt it at an angle the width 
of where the bullet is hitting is actually longer now. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's at an angle, right? Which I like mm-hmm. there's just stupid shit like that that they did, which is super it's useless information, but it's also really cool to know that kind of it's thing. It's fascinating to yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, the underground tunnels in Nam and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Like the, well, yeah, and the Japanese tunnels in the islands and shit like that. Yeah, there. Me and my dad were actually talking about this off topic. Uh, what battle was it? It was almost one of the final battles in the Second World War. I wish I could remember. Uh, battles in the Pacific. I gotta look this up. But was essentially, what? Just... No, essentially, it was. Um, what happened was, I think it was something like. There was 4,000 Japanese troops on this island, and the Americans went with 5,000. And when they made the landing or whatever, it was pretty much just a straight-up massacre of the American soldiers. They had something like 500 dead, and then like another 1,000 wounded, but only 17 Japanese soldiers were either killed or wounded. And it's like, fuck, that's insane. That's fucking wild. And that just has to do with the, all the tunnel systems, their knowledge yeah, of the their land, tactics. and their tactics. It's like, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> they just knew how to do it better. They knew oh, how to fucking... hold what they had. Yeah, like, there's... Yeah, like that guerrilla warfare, dude, is sketchy. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, it's super crazy, crazy guerrilla oh, warfare. Oh, some of the crazy shit that just happens in war is scary as fuck. Like, like that's why they came up with that that like a law of war or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. where you can't use certain things, and like it has been agreed upon by numerous governments. Well, yeah, it's um because it's just bad, um... unethical at that point. Like some yeah, of the was... shit that happens. <laughs> oh, I forget the name too. Actually, I had it and then I forgot it. It was it's yeah, it's a war treaty that was passed through by the UN. I believe. Yeah. But yeah, it was weapons. like it banned chemical weapons, chemical warfare, whereas like yeah. uh, nuclear warfare, mustard gas, I believe. yeah, mustard yeah. gas. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a bunch that it. Uh... Oh, that's wild! Some of the shit that they came up with back in the day, man. Like, well, yeah, some of the shit get... was napalm was fucking sketchy. Napalm as shit. was scary as fuck because it was <laughs> sticking fire. Like that's really what it was. Well, yeah, exactly. It was. It's just the thing about is scary. Like I would. Yeah, it gives you the shivers a little bit, eh? Just yeah, it really that. does. It really does. <laughs> well, like it's kind of crazy because, like, when you think back to the First World War, on top because they were still using chemical warfare during the First World War. Mm-hmm. When you think back to it, some what some of those soldiers went through is arguably worse than what any soldier went through in the Second World War, as because the Second yeah. World War was very bloody, but warfare had also changed by that time. Because mm-hmm. Um, it was less trench warfare, and in the First mm-hmm. World War, it was trench warfare. So you dug in and you sat there for three years or whatever it is, right? Was so, the Second World War less trench? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Way less. Oh. Yeah. There was trench. Yeah, there there was trenches, but it wasn't the same tactics, and that's just because of the advancement of the tank. Is that... Oh, I guess I... Essentially what happens is, like, during a lot of the time during the... like they, I can't remember when they started using the first tank, but that's what started to change the tide of the battle because mm-hmm. when you have two trenches in the middle is no man's land. So if mm-hmm. you try to get across, everyone's getting gunned down. But yeah, with you're the tank, down. you're able to move up with cover behind the tank. Uh, I guess, eh? Yeah, and plus, yeah. 
it didn't matter aerial bombings and yeah and it didn't matter in the second world war either because when it when it first started the germans effectiveness when it came to military tactics was just unmatched at the time and they were also Mm -hmm. more advanced technologically because they will because they had the blitzkrieg right they would just use Mm -hmm. tanks to advance tanks and and uh planes to advance right and trenches Mm -hmm. aren't fucking useless against that the german or the russians learned that the hard way but um yeah in the first world war what used to happen is on top of some of the gassing you're sitting in a trench getting trench trench foot and sometimes you're just sitting in a fucking pile of mud wet and shit right oh yeah that's and eh? what used to happen is like that's where the term shell shock came from because some of those soldiers would get bombarded by artillery for days on end and they would just afterwards like they just they were broken because you just sat there for days on end listening to artillery hit around you and seeing people get blown up and shit. Like it's crazy. Yeah, that's that's fucked, dude. There was a book I read yeah. in uh, in school all about that. Was it, was it? Called, it was called The Trenches. I think I still oh, have it. Oh, that was yeah. uh, that that was a uh, that was a part of that 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 world war. Well, that was a part of that war book series where it was like. Mm-hmm airborne rebels and yeah 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 yeah, and the fucking the ones where they tell about dog fighters and parachuting troopers and shit like that dude i read all of those i fucking love those books yeah it was about it was about (laughs) a a guy who tried to join his friend had joined saying Mm -hmm. he was 18 but he was actually Mm -hmm. six and say then he went in like the main character went in and said he was he was only 16 they're like come back tomorrow and say you're 18 and join yeah, like it was such a such a weird time for that, and he became his body became a like a foot soldier, and then the other guy, like the main character, became a uh, uh, like telecommunications. A, tele, a telecommunications, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because of his uh, his past experience working. Yeah, um, he was with, the only. <laughs> yeah, he was one of the the rare few who could read Morse code. Yeah, because he worked at. <sighs> he worked for a telecompany or something. Well, it wasn't a telecompany. It was like. It was like trains. It was like a railway. That's right. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. some shit. <laughs> I'll read that one. That was a really good read. So the battle, just to recap, sorry, I know I'm not. I'm, I'm going no. back on this. Um, the battle was the Battle of Making, and my numbers are really off. They're very exaggerated, but I'm pretty sure this is the battle. So in total, there would have been 800 soldiers, three light tanks, four anti-tank guns in the Japanese camp, but it was also Japanese laborers and Korean laborers. So just like yeah. farm people that joined the cause. So a total of eight, eight, 800 soldiers. The Americans showed up with 6,470 soldiers, three escort carriers, four battleships, four heavy cruisers, 16 destroyers, and nine transport and landing ships. The end total of this battle, the Americans lost 763 soldiers and 185 were wounded, while the Japanese only lost 395 and 17 were captured and 129 Korean <laughs> laborers got captured. So, like, Fuck. that's crazy. There's also... Um, that was almost a thousand fucking people injured and killed. Yeah. There's, there's another battle, I think, too. The Japanese, it's really hard to find it because... When you look this stuff up online, it just shows the end of the actual battle. Like, it doesn't, because, like, obviously, during these battles, there's different operations that happen. So, mm-hmm. it doesn't show the exact losses and everything. Because, because of obviously, the Japanese lost a lot more people than the Americans. 
but mm -hmm. there were some pretty crazy battles. Um, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Uh, what were you guys just talking about? My bad. Uh, World War One trenches. Oh yeah, yeah. Some of the trench warfare, man, is fucking crazy. Um, and it's also interesting because like this is what gets a lot of people interested in history too. Is just talking about like these random little battles in World War Two or one that like mm -hmm. all the hidden history stories and everything yeah, yeah. you know like it's kind of one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite little things sorry to cut you off one of my favorite little things of like hidden knowledge is actually from that book because that book is based on true true events and um on christmas it, during one of the years of world war one there was a ceasefire between both sides of the trenches right yeah yeah and there was there was no gunfire all day, but uh, I forget who it was. But one of the sides threw over a pack of cigarettes as a <sighs> present. It was a pack of cigarettes tied to a rock. Tied to a rock, and everybody scattered. <laughs> it was a grenade. But they were all. But it was it was it was a it was a gift to your <laughs> yeah your enemy really, and like mm -hmm. it's crazy how like small shit like that. Well, happened. yeah that. That whole exchange is actually death. fucking crazy because, yeah, it was like a whole ceasefire, but one guy passed over, oh, fuck, what was it? The one guy passed over the cigarettes, and they yeah. threw over a flask, yep. and at some point, I believe it's something, I could be wrong, but didn't they meet in the middle for soccer? Oh, or some I don't crazy know, shit? I don't know about that, but that might have that might have happened, yeah. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm sure that it did happen. I mean, there was a, like lot of, a lot of like that. Well, like really, when you think about it, um, at the end of the Second World War, there was a lot of American soldiers and German soldiers that uh, became friends. Well, not a lot, but it did happen because because yeah. they're checking checkpoints coming in inside of, out of Germany and Berlin, and they would have mm -hmm. rotations of German soldiers checking in. American soldiers checking it. So a lot of the time those some of those guys were spent. And it's a crazy to think that there was a lot more like there was a lot of German soldiers too that went through both both the first world war and the second world war, which would be fucking crazy to go through. Like survive. There's another, both there's another thing like that. Is there was an American soldier who helped a German who was wounded in no man's land and like brought him back mm -hmm. to a camp and got him all fixed up and that ended up being Adolf, like that ended yeah, up being Hitler. Yeah, like how he was he was saved from death. Yeah, in the mm -hmm. first one, and then became the reason of more or less force. <laughs> um, now that Pretty story, I I I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't know if it's 100 percent confirmed. I seen that mm -hmm. a really long time ago, and they they were like 90 percent sure it's Hitler in the picture, but yeah. they don't have like confirmation that that was Hitler okay. that was uh, escorted back. But there is a picture out there. But uh, they made a movie called Hacksaw Ridge, and it's the same kind of thing about a guy that enlisted in the war, but he was heavily religious, so he wouldn't kill anybody, but he wanted to help the cause. So he was yep. made into a combat medic. And in the Battle of Okinawa, I think it's called, he yep. was a medic during that battle. Yeah, it was Okinawa. And he would, uh, I think, after one of the rushes, uh, just, there was like a whack of fucking uh, American soldiers just gunned down. I was telling actually Brennan about this story. 
Uh, I just want to see if I can find the actual. He saved <laughs> I think we that battle. He lot. He saved fifty to hundred wounded infantrymen atop an area. Uh, now, okay, so it was, he managed to save fifty to hundred people, and he was dragging them across the battlefield, and then lowering them down a cliff edge on ropes. And he was like yeah. super religious, so he just wanted to help everyone that he could. And he actually mm-hmm. brought back Japanese soldiers shit for medical mm. attention, which unfortunately I'm sure they were taken as POWs and questioned later, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. But they were saved. They were saved, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, but um, probably. Well, it's, it's fortunate that they <laughs> yeah. were saved, but unfortunate that they were probably tortured afterwards. Yeah, they were probably So so I happy. just uh, I looked this up, the Christmas truce. Mm-hmm. And so French, German, and British soldiers did cross the trenches to exchange seasonal greetings, talk, and in some areas, men from both sides ventured into no man's land on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to mingle, exchange food and souvenirs, um, to have joint burial ceremonies, uh, prisoner swaps, <coughs> and some even met to do carol singing, and some met to play football or soccer soccer, yeah interesting that's really cool it's Fucking... cool how shit like that like even in such like a time of like death just sadness mm-hmm. well that's be... the thing though a lot of people there didn't want to be there to, for the most well, yeah, part that's, that's from what i recall it was a well, lot that, of that's like all of, that's yeah that's a lot of wars though a lot of them show up for their country but don't really want to fight yeah. <laughs> well I, I don't know it's interesting because so much of this has been uh hollywoodified I guess like mm-hmm. that's why even sometimes I have a hard time looking at the American side of the first of the second and first world war because it's so mm-hmm. dramatized, you know, and you might not necessarily get the exact feelings of what a lot of the soldiers were, but I'm sure there was yeah. a ton of people that did not want to go war, did not want to go to war and that's why they had deserters and stuff, but mm-hmm. they were there cuz they knew that they needed to fight for their country, right? Like you said. <laughs> yeah. But, well, and the thing is, too, like, even when you think about it, especially in the Second World War, could you imagine being some of those German soldiers when they were on their retreat nearing the end of the war and you knew that eventually you guys were just going to have to surrender and then you're still having to go out there and fight and stuff? Like, mm-hmm. that would be really hard because after a while, you know, you would start to realize, like, the damage that's been done and everything. Yeah. You'd kind of be like, well, fuck. I don't really want to fight for this cause anymore. <laughs> well, like even which sides at that point. Even yeah. during the battle, there are some cases too where they. I don't know how true this is, but there, there, there's a lot of commands that were ordered. I believe <laughs> when they were rushing over the trenches, uh, like when they when they did the big fucking rushes, mm-hmm. where they would they would equip everyone, give everyone ammo. And then they were ordered to rush over at the signal. And then they would assign a certain amount of people to stay back in the trenches and shoot anybody who ran back. Yeah, that's what happened. I don't know if that happened with the Western allies, but I know that was the order in Russia. That they're essentially what happened Mm -hmm. is that Stalin, I forget the name of the order, but it was Order something. uh, It was an Order 60. No, it wasn't Order 66. That's order to no retreat. I think it's 227. I believe, I believe the British might have done this too, but I could be wrong. I don't know if the British did it. 
Yeah, it's, it's order number, yeah, it's order 227, and essentially what Hitler or Stalin said, he's like, we're not having one step back, and he would, there was instances where people would run back, and they would have their machine gun just sitting there waiting for people to run back, and the thing is, is like, when you think about how fucked up that is, considering some of them what some of them wouldn't even go into battle with a gun and the guy in front of them, his gun was only going to work six weeks and you're running into yeah. a, sh- a square with MG 42 yeah. fire and mm-hmm. all kinds of shit firing on you. Like you're fucked. It's like, well, you're that, just that, dead. Was a, that was a one where they, uh, or those were the battles where, um, because they didn't have enough weapons and ammo to go around, you had to pick up the guy in front of you's gun. Yeah. If he fell, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, just to think about, like, it's, like, I'd hate to be in, well, of course I'd hate to be in that situation, but, <laughs> like, just thinking about it, it doesn't yeah, sit uh, well, right? Yeah, they're, they're called barrier troops, but. It's also interesting, troops, like, about. the Russians have a lot of really cool, uh, <laughs> one, one-off stories of soldiers and stuff, because there was a lot of, like, guys, like, of course they had all their big snipers and everything during the Battle of Stalingrad, but <clears throat> in particular, like, the stop of Moscow, when they stopped the German advance right in front of Moscow, uh, that story is pretty cool, because I'm pretty sure it was, like, only a couple infantry divisions against, like, four German tank divisions, and they and they came up with some pretty cool tactics, like setting up fake outposts made out of wood, because when the yep. Blitzkrieg would happen, they would send planes over, to see where everyone was before they started advancing and so they would mm-hmm. the germans would actually fire on these false positions not realizing that's not that's not where they were and they got obviously pretty creative with making sticky bombs and molotovs to take out tanks mm-hmm. but they had some pretty interesting tactics there's lots of movies made about this well, stuff even, too even the sticky bombs though like like you needed some fucking <coughs> You need some some big balls to fucking <laughs> to use those those sticky bombs because there was a lot of instances actually of uh, those sticky bombs getting stuck to the person who was gonna throw it. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, it's like you're just like you're you're done once you pull that cord. You better be fucking ready. <laughs> well, you hear stories of guys <laughs> accidentally dropping grenades. You at least have time to duck or get out of the way. Yeah. Could you imagine being the guy that dropped the Molotov in the trench? Like, fuck me, that would suck. You know? Yeah, well, actually, it's uh, it's interesting because they had to reinvent the American hand grenade because of the fact that troops would hang them by the hinge in their pocket. Oh. And, they, and they would either bend and fall out. Yeah. Or um, <laughs> by the time you went to pull it, the pin wouldn't eject. <laughs> So they had to actually they had to go back and uh, to reinvent that grenade yeah. um, because of those specific reasons. So if you hang it from your pocket, you're not, you know, killing your entire unit. <laughs> By accident, yeah. It's... <laughs> they, got, they got really inventive. This is super sad, but what they used to do is they would train dogs to run under tanks, but oh, they'd yeah. have bombs on them, so they'd run underneath the tank where it was weaker, and it would. These dogs were pretty much just suicide, but they didn't know what they were doing. I don't know. I don't know how widely used that was. I don't. Think... No, but that was one of the inventive things. There was yeah. a bunch of experimental stuff. Like they would even strap well, things to bats, so they would go and fly into houses in towns 
and blow the roofs off of houses. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that's interesting because, <laughs> um, like those techniques have been used like a lot throughout history, even before like the modern wars. Yeah, it's super creative, um, but it's like it's unfortunate for these animals. <laughs> Like yeah. that's like to think of that as kind of yeah. wild in itself. Well, what should we call it? The, um, I know that I believe it was a Japanese <laughs> drawing the uh, the feudal eras. I believe is what you call them. Mm-hmm. Um, when they went to war, sometimes what they would do is they'd go, they'd go in and steal stray cats and like pigeons and shit from wherever they were attacking they'd bring them back and they would strap bombs to the cats and then they would they would um they would tie bags of coals to the pigeons and let or like the pigeons shit like that and let them go because what would happen is the cats would run back fucking blow things up and the pigeons would come in and as they were flying over the um the, uh, the the place they were going to attack, the coals would burn through the bag and oh, fall onto roofs yeah. of houses and oh, set the houses on fire. That's wild. It, it's shit like that. That's just fucking wild. Oh, it's super inventive. Like, it's well, super important. It's fucked because like, people came up cool. with crazy ways to kill people. This is a fun fact. I don't know <laughs> if it was used uh, by other power, like the French or anything, or the British in the second and the first world war. But yeah. because a lot of the time in the First World War, if once you made it across the nomad's land, there was a lot of hand-to-hand combat, right? Like you're just jumping mm-hmm. on a guy, you're just shooting or jumping on the first guy you see. Yeah, you're what, nice <laughs> this, I know in particular what the Canadians, some of the Canadian soldiers used to do is that they would sometimes just not even worry about shooting somebody. They would arm their ba- like their shovel, like they would take their shovel out and before the charge, some of them would sharpen the end of the shovel. So when they yeah. jumped into the trench, they would just go to decapitate with the shovel. Or just wow. fucking plunge it into their chest and go on to the next guy. Like, That's crazy, crazy shit like that. Yeah, and there's stories of people just straight up jumping in and decapitating fucking people with a shovel that they used to dig the trench, which is, like, kind of fucked. That's like, yeah, people came up with some crazy fucking ways to kill people. Well, that's the thing is, like, <laughs> when you're at that stage, it's like, it's, 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 who's going to die? It's like, are you going to let yourself die? Or are you going to take out the guy who's trying to? Yeah, at that point, it's just pure survival. <laughs> yeah. Survival at that point. Like, anything to give you an edge. Well, yeah. when you think yeah. about it, too, like, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yeah, no kidding. To think about it, like, that, the mind frame that you have to get into, like, if you think about it, you've been sitting on the other, in that other trench for, like, two weeks, just sitting there, sitting there, wasting time, getting angry and angry, and then the time comes, like, I'm sure some of those guys had just adrenaline pumping and anger yeah. flowing through them, ready to fucking... Just red falls over their eyes. And yeah, that's, that's like, ready to take the first guy they see out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is crazy. Speaking of that, there's, there's a game based around uh, the First World War trench fights, which is always interesting to me. It's called Verdun. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. And um, <laughs> it's super interesting because, like, I feel like they, like, not, not from someone who's never experienced trench warfare, obviously, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it gives yeah, you a really weird, it gives you a really weird feeling. 
because of the fact of like I feel like they do it really well to mm. kind of give you a mental image of what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> Where like you got a squad leader and he gives out orders for barrages and I believe barrages and stuff like that and he's only armed with a pistol while the others are or like a pistol and a sword and the others are armed with like um like bolt action rifles with bayonets and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, whatchamacallit, uh at certain points <laughs> the attacking the attacking team has to be able to push the next line before the timer runs out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they lose the game. So there there's like a there's a bunch of times where you set up like these, these very tact like these very tactful pushes over top. <laughs> where everyone just rushes over and like bunch of people fucking die and then you jump in there and it goes fucking crazy like people people will go and they'll throw uh like mustard gas and you'll put on your gas mask and you'll just start fucking firing at people in the trenches yeah <laughs> and it's like it's so it's the weirdest thing but it's like such i feel like it's such a well-made game just for those reasons I haven't. What's that on? Is that just on PC? It's uh, yeah. yeah. I believe, unfortunately, it's a, just a PC game. Uh, I'll see. Um, uh huh. Just another. Oh, actually, it, it's on Xbox. I oh, believe. It is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know how many people play it on Xbox. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I believe it's. Oh, it might not be free. Actually. I'll but... look into it. Yeah. I, I was gonna I just wanted to mention this, uh going back to some of these war things. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting when they talk about like the because obviously in these war games and everything, like when the Americans run into like a panzer or something, everyone's like, Panzer or if it's like a tiger four, they're like, Tiger, it's a tiger and everyone's running and shit. It's also mm-hmm. funny because yeah. sometimes that's not necessarily accurate because uh the Germans didn't make a lot especially for the tiger, they didn't make a whole lot of them. So they weren't so act like people didn't run into them so commonly because they were actually like trying to conserve these things. Mm-hmm. And it's actually funny because obviously there's not a lot of shit from the Russian front, but near the end of the war, the Russians came out came out with some pretty heavy duty tanks. And actually, a lot of the because there was one in particular, I think it's called a, it's a I think it's called a KV one, and they also had the IS two, and both those tanks would send like. The, the German tanks retreating and stuff. Like, tank warfare is actually really cool. It's one of those things where, uh, depending on who's in which tank, like, what tank is going up to wh- whatever tank, sometimes the tanks mm-hmm. would actually get super fucking close before they fired and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. especially, like, at the start of the war, when, when Sherman tanks, like the, I think it's called an M, M14A, I think that's the actual the thing they call it, M14A, Sherman tank, and then the barrel, it depends on the type of barrel that they have on the gun. But those tanks, it's a it's a kind of like a toss-up because you wouldn't want... Like, those tanks would have to get close, be effective. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you didn't want to get close because the closer you got, the deadlier the German tanks were, too. <laughs> but near the end of the war, of course, they found ways to get around it by adding on a bigger gun on the yeah, more That's useless crazy. history information when it comes to some stuff. But yeah, well, it's just—it's <laughs> just crazy, honestly, how far we've gone 
in like technology for for weapons and stuff like that like now the biggest thing that everyone's trying to advance is uh what is it called induction guns like the the magnet like the magnet guns where you just shoot steel rods at people jesus christ <laughs> well yes. it's it's fucking wild because well, i i, I believe they're it's like fucking just humming like, dude, they fucking they ripperoni, dude. Oh, but uh, <laughs> I believe they're developing them to be put on battleships. Mm. But mm. the the fact is, like, it's they they shoot at such a velocity, like it just rips through fucking everything. And I believe the the way the rods are made is. Uh, on contact at a certain velocity or whatever, they just fucking explode, <coughs> oh, and it's just oh, so metal it's fragments. Because it's spinning so fast, that <laughs> when it hits something, it yeah, fragments. it's just it's structurally unstable. <laughs> yeah, like it'll rip through the first layer of armor, or whatever. Can contact it. Well, it's a similar to a hollow point where it'll just set grapple into whatever it's hitting. Uh, sort of. Like almost, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's stuff like that. And we even have <coughs> we're we're working on technology too. I don't know if it's ever been completed. I just remember reading about this at some point where we've actually <coughs> we're starting, or not we, but the Americans are starting and in development of <sighs> how would how would how would I describe this? So you know the Humvees, right? And you know how the fact that if you take like a direct rocket to the side, that can cause a lot of damage, <laughs> even though they're they're hella heavily plated and stuff like that. <clears throat> um, what they do actually is they they um they're developing a it's like a safety net almost that goes on the side of like each side of the Humvee, and it's got a little motion sensor that reads at ridiculous fucking speeds and um what happens basically is <coughs> the way this thing works <coughs> is when a rocket comes it trips a motion sensor once it gets a certain like um a certain width from the the actual humvee itself and yeah. it activates a mechanism that shoots down from the top and will actually contact the rocket before it makes impact and detonate wow. it like inches like from the fucking no not oh. 20 feet inches from the fucking thing just so it doesn't make impact wow i guess impact is probably how yeah it it fucking wow. hits the the detonator right in the front of it it's like fuck that's it was wild. like like some of that the is insane that has to be <laughs> well like, that's a oh. <laughs> that's the thing. That's a that's a that's a tool you're heavily relying on to work. Yeah, so no if, if if it that fucks up and it's just a direct contact, you're like, nice. You're gone. <laughs> you're not gone, but you're fucking facing a lot of fucking damage. Yeah, yeah. For, well, that'll fuck that. A rocket to the side of a hundred, <laughs> nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, I feel is knocking that on its ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it does it does a whole lot. And it's interesting too, like how we come up with solutions for modern day problems where like I know a lot of issues and we were talking to um uh just for context, we were talking to one of our buddies, um 
who who's actually done worse stuff. Who and stuff. He was in the military. <laughs> he was in the military. But yeah, so he was in the military. military. He's done wars. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't think of that. But he's. But yeah, he's done. He's done tours, and um, he was telling us about one of the ways that they've found to. How do you say it? They uh, one of the ways they found to address the the problem of landmines that would detonate when like Humvees drove over them and fucking kill everybody is just to put a big ass front plow <laughs> on the Humvee. No, that's the thing. They've done that. <laughs> the one too, which was a big beater bar almost with chains and metal uh, hammers almost. And they would rip up the roads. Damn. Yeah. They would, <laughs> it would completely destroy the road, but there would be no risk of, of landmines. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah, the Americans came up with one similar that just that it's pretty much just a big hoe (laughs) on the front, but it's like it's 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 designed to destroy roads to get rid of landmines. I I would actually like to ask our buddy about this, but I can't remember where I heard it. But also because they call them improvised explosive devices, uh, and that's what's used a lot of the time. That's what kills most soldiers now. Like they're Mm -hmm. just driving along in a Humvee and by roadside bombs. in improvised explosive device but what they mm-hmm. what they've started to do is that because what ends up happening is uh the the explosion happens and then the humvee gets the impact of the shock wave and starts flipping or you know parts of it start to blow up like parts of it have blown up and stuff. what mm-hmm. they've done to help prevent flipping and keeping it stable or even reducing the shock wave from the blast is they've put tires on now that will pop when it gets hit by a certain force, like of of an explosion, like a shockwave. So mm-hmm. all the tires pop, and then the truck just like flattens. So then, even if it's right under and the tires pop, it's just stamping out the impact, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. becoming flipped, or it's not getting pushed by the impact. It's just pushing it down right away, which I thought was really that's interesting yeah that is kind of cool I wonder. Well, that that reminds me of um, a grenade that <laughs> i believe they invented in world war ii uh, either two or one one of the world wars and yeah. um basically <laughs> to deal with tanks like a lot of the times what you would have to do is you would oftentimes you would have to run up to the tank even with sticky sticky bombs you would have to run up to the tank and actually stick it to it. Yeah. Huh. And um, those would do those would do reasonable 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 amount of damage. Sorry. And but one guy found a way, and he realized <clears throat> there's there's a whole method name that I can't remember for the life of me. Was that if you take the grenade and you concave it inwards. <clears throat> Um, it will increase the explosion because instead of it just oh, exploding outwards, yeah. it would explode in a direction. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you would fucking run up, stick it, stick this concave grenade to the fucking tank and pull the pin. Well, it gives it a focal and it would, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Focal point, and it fucking would actually penetrate even better. And it was like shit like that. I was like, that's fucking cool, dude. 
Well, some of those <laughs> giant like steel guns that they used to have, where they were they were they would send men upon men upon men to fucking just to their death, pretty much, because they couldn't get through these giant metal guns. Which one? But the, the metal gun. I forget. They were they were built into the ground. I forget exactly. Are you what talking were. about Normandy? Like I don't beach. know exactly, but this is this. What happened was there was a bunch of men that were trying to come and take out one of these guns, mm-hmm. but eventually what they had done is they'd flown one guy to go and ignite thermite, and it burnt right through it, which fucking penetrated enough that they could send they could send people down. In. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. Well, this stuff and, like, like it's that. Crazy um... how shit they find little ways. Well, that's what to, to... that's what happened on D Day though, because. Mm-hmm. They had the initial landing, but they couldn't bring mm-hmm. armor or anything onto the beaches mm-hmm. or into any of the towns until they also yeah. couldn't get the ships close enough to do that until they mm-hmm. got rid of the artillery that was inland. So yeah. that's what they used. Like people would throw grenades down the down the barrel of the artillery, or they would <laughs> stick shit to it like the sticky bombs and stuff to blow it up. So I don't know if that's what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that wasn't the same, but that. I do know. Well, it's interesting, actually, because I was reading something about... um, D-Day was Normandy Beaches, right? Yep. Yeah. Normandy okay, was so... a beach that they were on. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was, it was probably one of the most... or one of Yeah. But um, I found it interesting because I was reading something about that, and the guns that they used to, to barricade that wall, <laughs> that Hitler used to barricade the wall... Mm-hmm. were fucking just random ass guns like it was like guns they pulled off of fucking battleships yeah just to scare the fuck out of you and just make big fucking explosions and stuff like that like they legit just fucking ripped the guns off of things put them there they they took guns i believe off of tanks and they put them there and just like to freak them out yeah and they fucking uh, and to prevent things well, from coming up, they just dispersed like mines and big. Is. Yeah, what what did they uh what did they put? What are they called? They're tank jacks. Something like is that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the big fucking steel girder things. And even then, those were literally just fucking amalgamations of random metals they could find and put together to make these fucking <laughs> little jack barricades. <laughs> it was crazy. like. It's like it's it's just crazy the stuff that they uh that they like they pulled out just to try like just so that they had some sort of defense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like though that's what half of what war was was just kinda yeah. doing what you can and <laughs> out intimidate yeah. the people coming. <laughs> Well, it, re- it reminds me a lot of things like Fallout, where you come to like a settlement and they just got random shit put there just to look yeah. scary and yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Or like, <laughs> or like the Civil War in Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. Or fucking, um, or in some like Apocalypse games, they have like buzzsaw blades on crossbows <laughs> yeah. that they fling out. <laughs> it's just like an amalgamation of random shit. Yeah, that's probably pretty useful. Though. Like that random shit probably did serve a pretty decent purpose. Actually, well, it, it was uh, sorry to interrupt you, but speaking of like just wartime innovations, uh, this was really interesting. What happened to the Japanese at the end of the war? Because obviously, making a battleship is 
very fucking expensive or like a, the big ones are aircraft carriers because those things yeah. are huge and once they get <laughs> sunk it's like that's a lot that's of shit that's just went into yeah. the ocean so yep. because the japanese had a mass production of like a lot of uh like destroyers and cruisers and stuff like that as what they started to do is when some of like the bigger aircraft carriers got sunk they harbored some of the destroyers and cruisers and other battleships and they actually put a deck on top of those like so they would take off the turrets and everything and then just put another deck on top of it, on top of it. so they could land the planes on it and shit like that That's and, had, and both the americans and the japanese ended up nearing near the end of the war had to uh revert to using wood on certain parts of the battleships actually like <laughs> obviously the decks they were just fucking putting wood on shit like even the aircraft carriers because like obviously they would put a like a metal topping on it but underneath yeah. it wasn't it was like it was, it was just wood because they started to run out of resources and they couldn't keep mass producing these giant war machines yeah that's crazy that would suck I wanna, of, i'll see if i can find a picture because they look actually goofy as fuck uh Japanese. Well, I guess farther into the war, it would be a lot easier to take these things down, too, because they are used with less sturdy materials. <laughs> yeah, well, it would like depend, right? Because, like, I mean, the big thing that would kill these ships, obviously, were torpedoes. So, obviously, yeah. you couldn't use mm -hmm. fucking wood on the side of the ship, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even, even, I believe, near the end, like, Japanese planes in general were being made out of lesser and lesser quality materials. I guess because, yeah, they were just I running believe. out. I don't know about that. Probably. I think there was a catch to that, though, because what they did, what they were doing was they were... So they minimized materials, but the way they went about it was that they maximized how fast those things could go. Yeah. So they were a lot harder to hit. Well, that was but the if whole you hit it, it was, it was done. I forget the name of the other what they called the what the Japanese. But here, if you want to take a pic, uh, take a look. This is this. It looks goofy as fuck, but this is exactly what they did. Is they just because you can see where the original ship was, and like it doesn't like when you think an aircraft carrier, you think like a big hefty fucking thing. But this thing would probably only carry like a couple planes, but they had so many of them, right? That's yeah. super goofy. Yeah, if you just type in improvised aircraft carriers, there's a bunch like this one too. This one's actually, but they did. It's too full. Well, the aircraft carriers were kind of cool too, to be honest. Like that whole idea, especially modern ones, of hooking the plane up to the like a big slingshot me or slingshot mechanism on the deck of the ship. Like, well, that's cool. To, yeah. To like top speed as quickly as possible. Yeah. Well, yeah. They have to get the top speed before they fucking shoot off the deck, and it's like... Yeah, or else they'll just <laughs> fall out of the water. Like, stuff like that would be so cool. Like, it was stuff like that that almost... For a while, I was considering, like, joining, like, the Air Force. Yeah. Just from... Actually, one of the biggest things was reading, um... <coughs> uh, reading one of those, uh... The series of that book we were talking about earlier, like, The Trenches. Yeah. About a Air Force pilot. And, um... <coughs> I believe one of the things that they go over in the book was how his fleet fought the Red Baron. Okay. And shit like that. And it was like stuff like that just 
Like as as like and I feel bad almost saying it, but like a lot of that stuff sounds really cool. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it definitely does. There's a debate like a- though <laughs> over who killed the Red Baron. Is there? Yeah, I forget the guy's name, but uh it came up maybe ten years ago that it might have not been him. Actually, that was the one that killed him. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, and uh, the, the Japanese planes were called Zeros. I had to look Zeros. Up. Zeros. I feel like I knew that. Yeah, I knew that too. <laughs> I just couldn't remember because they were famous for being <laughs> fucking fast. I think they were actually the fastest planes at the start, but near the end, the British Spitfire, I think, was the fastest. It was either the Spitfire or what was the German one? A Luftwaffe? I think that's what it's called. That's uh, possibly one of my grandpa's favorite planes because he was in World War II. My great grandpa, and he know the the Spitfires. He loved working them. The Luftwaffe was the was an aerial war. Oh, that's the branch. That's the branch. That's what they called the Air Force. That's not. Well, was it? I seem to remember something like a V five or something. I'm looking. I'm looking it up right now. List of World War Two B five. There's a bunch of different names. Doesn't look um, like there's a B five. I don't know. Mesh Messerschmitt BF one hundred nine. Yeah. The Focke-Wulf one one ninety. Yeah. Um, German Luftwaffe fighters in the mouth. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the Germans had the fastest planes at the end. I know the Spitfires were. Actually, here's another really, really fun, cool history thing. The Canadians during the Korean War, because we were implicated in the Korean War, we started developing another uh, air aircraft. I don't know if it was ever officially developed or finished, but it was called the Arrow. And if it was developed, it would have been the world's fastest plane. And it was developed. Was Arrow that plane. Sonic plane? Uh, yeah, I gotta look it up. Arrow. Because <laughs> I was like, dove. I, like, mm, it hit crazy altitude and then or, dive. And Avro, I'm an idiot. It's an Avro. Avro. Yes, yeah, I know uh, these ones. Avro, yeah. These were the fastest planes at one point, but I don't think we ever got to actually use them during the. <laughs> Probably not, because uh, I feel like if we did, those would definitely have been mentioned at some point. Yeah, I, I seen it in a history book a long time ago, and it was the fastest plane at the time, but we didn't get to use it. But it's something that as a Canadian, I'm like, yeah, bitch, we got some fast <laughs> fucking planes. Actually, our Air Force is apparently pretty good, but I'm pretty sure we use American planes for our Air Force because of our Possibly. Yeah, we bought a bunch of B... Be somethings. I forget what they're called. CF eighteens. That's what we bought from. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but yeah. Oh. Well, they have some crazy fast planes now, man. Oh yeah, they're crazy. like there's. I believe they're all called Sonic planes, and they're like these weird looking. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can find any. Do they gotta go fast? Is that why? Yeah, they gotta. Dude, go they're fast, fast as fuck. <laughs> Like, obviously, like, you can actually, I believe you can see them actually hit that, like, you can see them sonic boom. 
That'd be cool. some fucking some crazy shit like that. Um, well, yeah, because it creates this huge like wind <laughs> ring, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I, I was <laughs> I was listening to, to someone talk about the like flying in one, mm-hmm. like no one personally, but just just they were talking about it, and apparently it's real fucking weird because of the fact that um after you hit that sonic boom. Yeah, it's there's nothing. All you can hear is yourself and whoever you're in contact with. <clears throat> at that point, you are going so. faster than sound, right? Yeah. So well, exactly. Is- it's it's that it's 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 a apparently it's a really weird feeling of like everything, like like the whole world being on mute. You probably feel <laughs> kind of isolated. Oh, I'd imagine so. Fucking. Oh, have you seen those? <laughs> Have you seen those videos of guys doing the their their flight test training and stuff like that? With the G force testing? Yeah, the G force testing. Oh, wild. <laughs> strap them to that <coughs> and just send yeah, them the... rocketing down a, a a track. Yeah, man. What's it called? Wild. Is it called a centrifuge? I I have no idea. It's a centri something, but because yeah, it obviously uses centripetal force yeah. to fucking put the G's on you. Mm-hmm. But like watching some of those videos, there's a video. Oh, you can... you're thinking of the ones where they spin around in a circle. What oh, are you thinking used... of? There used to be one where it was a really long <laughs> railroad. And what they'd do is they'd set you in a bench chair, strap you in real good, put you in all your gear, and then just light a rocket behind you. And it would send <laughs> you down the track. And then Dude, that's... The track, they would open a parachute. That sounds very redneck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna does. lie. Um, <laughs> so the fastest plane in World War II was the Messerschmitt, which was the German one. So I was wrong. The second fastest was the Spitfire, and the third was the American. Spitfire and the P No, the P fifty one Mustang was apparently the fastest. Oh, the Allied one. I forgot. It's also interesting to look at it because I forgot about this. This is also another really interesting tidbit. Uh, BMW started off making aircraft engines during the before and during the Second World War. Mm-hmm. Also, same with Mitsubishi. They were an airplane manufacturer for the Japanese. When you look That's it up, cool. it'll say like Mitsubishi, whatever. Dude, those, those planes that they use now are fast as fuck with the sonic booms and shit. Like, that's crazy. Like, the, yeah. the warfare technology we have now is actually crazy because it's funny. Fun fact, my mom was at her work talking about if there would be another war, and it was with her friends at work, so of course they focused heavily on the feminine side of things is that there'd be a lot more women joining the war and everything, which is true. But I also said... I also said, like, that might be the case, but there'd also be a lot less people joining the war because mm-hmm, of yeah. how much technology has advanced. Like, yeah. the, there wouldn't, we wouldn't, it would be like, yeah, like it wouldn't, because we can carry out shit with drones and then we can use like our tanks and like technology well, has advanced so much. You know? That are AI control, or not AI, but they're remote controlled planes pretty much that are military grade and like. To scale as a 
Mandoplane. I mean, it would Fun be fact, a little. They use Xbox controllers to use those. Do they actually? <laughs> yeah, they use the old Xbox 360 controllers to do those drones. I don't know if they updated it to the Xbox One controller, but I know for a fact that they used Xbox One or 360 controllers for That's a lot of their drone fantastic. flying. That's <laughs> actually dirty. Hey, wait, wait, hold up, hold up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump a little off topic, and that's the exact reason why Xbox is better than PlayStation. Okay. Boom. Get the, fucked. The military, the military <laughs> yeah, and they it's also better. use the Xbox One Connect to try to detect ghosts on paranormal activities. So I don't know, man. Oh man. I said, I said the Xbox is, is something completely different. That's an add-on console. <laughs> That's an add-on. That, that one doesn't count. That was fucking. Connect was garbage. Um. But yeah, some of some of the some of the and it's also uh like I mean if we if the United States started a war with Russia, like I don't even know how that would go. First, it'd probably start off overseas, like it'd be naval shit and aircraft battles. But if like someone tried to start a landing, I don't even know how that would happen now. Like we obviously would have spec ops and everything probably doing a lot of the work, but would we have like? Massive naval landings, I highly doubt that probably won't ever happen. The the thing is, the way war is going now, or the way it seems from from my perspective, is if a war started, it would be a lot more centered around the type of stuff that they used to do in like the Cold War. Yeah. It'd be a lot more... Because cause the name of the game now is not who has the most money to send over the most it's troops. Nukes. It's um well, it's intel. It's the person That's who true. knows the other person's move first. Yeah, yeah. is always going to be the winner. <laughs> it's it's actually funny because um I didn't know a whole lot about the Cuban Missile Crisis like whatsoever. I knew that there was a missile crisis and we almost dropped nukes on each other during the Cold War. But I in my one of my history classes we finally covered it. And it's actually kind of funny how we how we figured this out. So essentially what happened is that there was a conflict of interest over Cuba for a long time. There was American support. Mm-hmm. And then once they had the, the revolution there with Fidel Castro, he kind of said, well, I forget the exact reason. But oh, essentially what happened is he uh, he took all the big enterprises that were in Cuba and he nationalized them instead of keeping them public so Americans couldn't profit from them, he nationalized them and they became public to Cuba. So stuff like Texaco and the Shell Company down there, stuff like that. And so then the Americans were like, we don't fucking like that, that you took our companies that were built there and nationalized them. So now we're just going to embargo you guys and there'll be no trade. And so then, of course, Cuba's like, well, we don't really like what you're doing. And then Russia's like, since this was the height of the Cold War, Russia's like, hey, we'll help you guys out. And, of course, Russia didn't give a fuck about Cuba, actually. They wanted to get missiles closer to the United States. So, essentially, mm-hmm. what happened is they moved their missiles to Cuba and started building these missile silos. Mm-hmm. But it's just funny when you think about it now, because essentially what happened is that the Americans flew, like, a plane over got photos and were like those are missiles and then of course that's how the missile crisis started because they realized there was missiles on there and now like looking at that now that's like so 
primitive. Like, the Russians weren't able to properly hide their missiles. That's what gave it away. They're like, yeah, just gonna move these nukes in here. No issue. No, nothing happening oh here. Don't oh, mind me. It's funny you bring up, like, the information thing, too, because, like, just think back in World War Two, even, when they, they had the Enigma machine. They had to build that to crack. Oh, the, the yeah, the, the oh, co-cracker. Yeah, <laughs> like it was all the information. Like that's hundred percent what what wins wars is who knows the moves better. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why that's why they have like uh, they started all those like especially during the Cold War. That's why they have all those movies and shit about American spies and Russian spies in Berlin, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Russian spies being on the western side and American spies trying to get into the uh, eastern side to get until during the Cold War, and I think I think Brennan's right on that. I think there would be a lot of shit like that, more so intel exchange than anything else, right? Yeah. It'd also be interesting <laughs> to see how that pans out, especially when it comes to the internet, because the Western world would be at a heavy disadvantage because like our internet culture and pop culture is way more popular than like say russian culture or russian internet they could probably monitor know, citizens pretty quickly here oh they could hella what was that <laughs> i said chappy was a pretty good movie okay god i i remember watching chappy chappy was fucking it was weird dude I didn't like chappy was chappy. cool do you remember that russian that <laughs> russian Group, our rap group where they had the yes. two guys in the midget. There was another one with a crazy haired chick, and the, dude, and the dude and the crazy haired chick are another pair of Russian rappers, and they're the main characters other than Chappie yeah. in the fucking yeah. movie. Well, it was um, it was Ant Antwood Ninja, yeah, it was or it, yeah. something. It was something fucking weird like that. I remember watching that movie and going going ahead and listening to their music and going, oh, "This is fucking." It's 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 uh it's interesting. I mean, I think it's a little big, and uh, one of their songs is called "My Dick Is Really Big," and it's literally guys going, "My dick, my dick is really big." That's I know that song. song. Yeah, I know that. This is this is a topic. I googled (laughs) Chappie and. The first thing that popped up was a meme of Pathfinder and Chappie, and it was like, remember Chappie? This is him now, and it's Pathfinder and Apex. Uh, be okay. careful we make fun of in high school. Yeah. That's funny. That's awesome. All right, boys. I think we're going to call it here. We did. We it was a good time. Yeah, right, we went longer than what I thought we were going to The internet's shit in the bed. So, also, the internet's shit in the bed. All right, boys. Talk to you later. All right. See you guys. See you.